Hi, I'm JD. This is Chimera Cast, a production of the Chimera Collective. If you enjoy our podcast, please consider leaving us a review on your favorite podcatcher. We also have merch available and just launched our Patreon. For backing, you'll gain access to our Discord and the ability to vote on upcoming seasides. You can also get an RSS feed for an unabridged tableside version of the podcast, which includes all our banter, rules discussions, and session debriefs. We'll also have game readings and occasional exclusive seasides in that feed. Links to the details and our social media are in the show notes. Hi, I'm Zach. I'm playing Emilio Moretti, the bard. Hi, I'm Ryan. I'm playing Urazidi, the spellblade. Hi, I'm Nathan. I'm playing Kimmon Velasquez, the shaman. I'm JD. I'm your dungeon master for this game. This is ChimeraCast, a Dungeon World actual play podcast. Expert, but I think Melio is dead. <sighs> that lowers our chances of escape by a third. It also increases our chance for getting rich by a third. I guess. Kimmon grasping his neck, obviously distressed, getting to his feet. Should we see what's in the tower? You know how to get in. Didn't you say that the front door was like rotting wood? It is. I think I can figure it out. And Urazidi's going to walk up to the door and just try to put his shoulder through it. Yeah, go ahead and give me a Defy Danger plus strength for this. That's an eight. It's going to take you a few blows, and I think as you do this, breaking through this rotten wood, a few bits of rock and stone from the top of the tower come falling down onto you. Not injuring you or anything, just right, like dust essentially raining down on you, a few pieces breaking off as you smash this door open and it begins to cave in. You break your way through this. It is not as musty in here as you thought that it would be. (laughs) So before we do this, I do want to check in Zach. You're following the river, right? along its path it's gonna be a while yeah no okay i can touch back in but it's just gonna be a lot of me being like yep you're still following a river may i suggest having roll like wander the vulture lands now that works for me go ahead and roll that so wander through the vulture lands when you head off through the vulture lands with no specific location in mind roll plus nothing and then i can touch back in depending on what choices you make or whatever all right i roll a 12 (laughs) So, Jesus. On a 12 plus on the wander through the vulture lands, you are going to come to a nearby location and I will get there. But it is for Melio, it's going to be a, a long trek walking along the river of Tar alone. You are at least making good time and everything. You're not you're not just getting more lost or anything in the vulture lands. Sounds good. 
Urizidi, as you break this door open, it's not as musty or dead as you expected in here. What you find is certainly old, very old. It's set up as a den, a living area. There are some stairs along one side leading both up and down. There is a gap in part of it where they've fallen down and crumbled over time, along with that wall on that side is crumbled in that section. But yeah, there's a table, there's some low chairs, as much of a kitchen as you could really expect to find at this time. Um, so it would have been, you know, basically a hearth, place for a fire and a pot, essentially. Above, on one section of the wall, there is a silver sigil worked into one of the stones. And it's eroded around it, but the sigil itself looks to still be shining, of a bird skull. What do the two of you do? Urazidi is pretty intensely interested in this sigil. And he's studying it, trying to figure out whether he knows of any significance to it or not. You do, actually. And I'm not going to have you roll for this because it's something you've already mentioned that Urazidi knew about. The statues at the Gate of Jet held yeah. a bird skull. Oh, yeah. So, yes, uh, it, is a, it is a symbol of death. How apt. So, Urazidi is looking for this Eye of the Immortal. And he's just going to kind of look around and see if he can find anything that might point him in a direction. The eyes on the tower are making him, you know, think maybe there might be some clues here. So you said there's like books and stuff and like a table. Yeah, you can go ahead and roll a discern realities, I think, for this. While you're doing that, Kimmin, what are you doing while um, Uruzidi is looking around? Kimmin's grabbed one of the showtels off of the ground nearby and has come stumbling into the tower behind Uruzidi. I find the same living quarters. I haven't done anything just yet. I'll probably explore a little bit farther, but we're still in the doorway here. I want to see where Urizidi's stuff goes. Sure. You can write down that you have a, a Chotel. Plus one damage. I rolled a six. Ha! <laughs> yeah. So unless Kimmin wants to aid. Wait, are you rolling a DR? Yeah. Eh, I don't know, man. I don't think so. Yeah, no, that's that's cool. As you are poking around and maybe flipping through some of these old tomes, you hear something skitter beneath you. You hear a, a clattering as something must be knocked over. And then there's a couple of drip, drip, trips on the tome that you're flipping through. Your nose is bleeding. Uh, Razidi like wipes the blood from his nose. It continues to bleed profusely. And not too long after you've realized that it has started, um, you reach up to brush the blood away again. And there are flies like buzzing around trying to get at your blood. Kimmin, I think there might be something here we don't want to deal with. <laughs> Maybe if there was some kind of detached voice that could have told us that. <laughs> but we're here now. So I heard that thing below me. Yep. If you listen to everything that detached voices in your head told you to do, <sighs> never mind. Are there stairs going up? There are stairs going up and down. It's like the same stairwell spiraling around the inside of this tower. Ah, oh, gotcha. Maybe we should put some distance between ourselves and it. No, no. We face it head on. Where'd it come from? <laughs> Below us. <laughs> Let's go. And Kimmin begins staggering toward the stairs going down. Razidi does the thing where he, like, reaches out to stop him and then, like, ah. Okay. 
and just kind of follows behind him. So you guys are going downstairs, is that correct? Yes. And just touching base with Ryan, he's doing this because I just had my voice fucked up and he's, and you know, he feels emasculated is not quite the right word, but you know. That makes sense. That's what's going on. So feel free to interact with that however you feel. Two of you make your way down these stone stairs. There are worn footsteps in the stone. As you descend, the air gets slightly cooler and you're hit with not a musty smell, but a musk smell. It smells like wet dog more than anything else as you come down these stairs. But down here is another expanse, slightly bigger actually than the the room upstairs. But this one has been divided off into a few different rooms. If you so choose, you guys can go into them or explore them as you want to. But there is a little section here that is clearly old sleeping quarters, old bunks, made out of this now at this point, of course, somewhat rotted wood. There is a little section that holds what appears to be something like jail cells. There's another section that holds armaments and armor. And lastly, uh, it looks like a section that would have been simply bulk storage. There's some old rotted crates in there. But above all, there is this like persistent smell. What do the two of you do? Oh, I should also note, do you guys have a torch or something? Because otherwise there's no light down here. I have... No such. I have adventuring gear. Yeah, I don't, I don't have any, so that'd be great. <laughs> I think Urzidi has, like, kitted himself out pretty good before he left the capital. You have a fucking oil lamp, don't you? Yeah. You no, I have it. I have, like, a, one of those directional lamps where you, like, tighten the, the shutter. And they're like a thieves lamp or whatever. Yeah, And you, yeah. like, adjust the beam. Sure. I'll allow it. I'll allow it, rich boy. So go ahead and mark down that you have a fancy lantern. But yes, the two of you make your way downstairs and kind of see these divided rooms out. Uh, From the sound of things, we get to the first room with the bed. There's multiple beds. Point being, ZD shines the light in the doorway and out of the corner of his eye, Kimmon sees one of the beds and he immediately smashes it. What is your problem? Because you just like smashed a bed, right? Oh, I just I just run in there. I'm I think that this is the thing we're hunting, and I I smash the bed. <laughs> it's fine. Nothing. It clearly isn't fine. You have to be ready. Where'd you hear it? Where'd it come from? I don't know. Below. While we're here, you seem a little on edge. Oh, I'm gonna push you against the wall. I'm not on edge. Teeth gleaming in the lantern light. Okay, you're perfectly fine. Maybe you should be the one to carry the lantern, and I'll go ahead. Kimmon gets, like, uncomfortably close to your face, his eyes wide. And why is that? Because your pokey thing just needs one hand, and mine, and he sort of hefts Talon, I need two not because you're not on edge. Some kind of recognition falling over Kimmon's face that he's being ridiculous. He takes the lantern. I think the only reason that Razidi didn't escalate that situation is because he's pretty sure that Kimmon could kick his ass. <laughs> oh, while Nathan's not like excited to kill Ryan's character, Kimmon would be totally fine killing yeah, Zidi. Yeah. We've talked before about how it's like, I don't want the Emperor's, like, bad juju, if nothing else, on me, but right. I don't necessarily like ZD. Yeah. 
he's not necessarily a likable person, so I can't blame you. I'm not looking for an excuse to kill you, but right, right. like in in more frantic moments, I'm not a good or hinged person. <laughs> Razidi hands off the lantern and goes forward, sort of deeper into this place. Sure. As you press on, you're going to go kind of past these cells. As you go beyond that, the intensity of the smell actually declines. So as you pass by those cells, it is the strongest. As you keep going, you'll hit that essentially an armory. And then on the end then is just general storage. Some boxes in there, some chests. Do I hear the sound of the footsteps anymore? You do not. I hate to say this, but I think we're going to have to go back to the room that smells very badly. If you want to stay and kill this thing. I do. Yeah. I will say, uh, Uruzidi, your nose is still bleeding. I feel like particularly as you turn back around in the lantern light, it would be somewhat highlighted to Kimmin. Kimmin lifts the lantern up to your face, brings a finger under your nose, wipes your upper lip, and holds his scarlet index finger in front of your face. What happened? A fly lands on your finger. I don't... Shut up! His eyes crossed, staring at the fly. It's like doing the little, like, hand-washing that flies do you. Have you seen many of these? Flies? Yes. I've seen a fair few. Ever or here? Here! Weren't they, like, everywhere? Up in the other room? No, they were just harassing you. They haven't left me alone since we came in here. I I, I push ZD up against the wall again. Well, then these might have something to do with what we're looking for. I think as this time when you push Uruzidi up against the wall, some bits of the stone kind of come crumbling around him as he's pressed into it. Can we follow them back to whatever it is? JD, if I brush the fly away from my finger, does it continue to hover around us? Does it begin making its way anywhere else? No, it will. Um, if you're pushing it off of your finger, it will land on Uruzidi's face next to his nosebleed. Are there other flies in here that we could potentially follow? In the lantern light, there are ones that are kind of swarming around your head, but other than that, there don't appear to be any. They're only hovering around you. Maybe I'm just popular. I don't know what it is, but ever since I looked at that symbol on the wall up there, my nose has been bleeding, and there's been flies everywhere. Kimmin shoves the lantern into your hands and runs up the stairs. Okay. What are you doing, Kimmin? Oh, I want to check out that symbol on the wall. Oh, sure. Yeah, it's just a... You can see it. It's this inlane silver work that looks brand new of a bird skull. Can I find the patch of blood where Urizidi began bleeding? Yeah, it'd be on the table. It's on one of the books, like one of the tomes that he was kind of flipping through. Is there anything in the book? What is the book? It's like a, a massive book, but it's certainly not in a language you can read. But there isn't anything that looks particularly, like, you know, magical about it or anything, if that's what you're looking for. It's a lot of writing. It looks like, you know, maybe you would expect a, a textbook or a religious text, perhaps. There's no pictures. I'll put it that way. I flip through the book and frustratingly like look up at the bird skull on the wall as Urizidi comes up the stairs and I throw the book at the bird skull. 
Yeah, we'll say uh, there are no flies up here until Uruzidi comes up and there are some buzzing around his head. I'm going to leave the tower. Okay. Yeah, you step back out through the doorway. Does my nose stop bleeding? Nope. Still bleeding profusely, uncontrollably. Flies are still buzzing around. If you wipe your nose again, they'll land on your hand and lick it up. Do I know of any kind of magic that would do this to somebody? Or like what would mark somebody with this kind of magic? Go ahead and give me a spout lore, I suppose. Yeah, that's a 10. Sure. So you don't know of anything specifically of like a spell of nosebleed. Right, right. But certainly blood magic is like known to you. Necromantic magic would be... Uh, there are probably within the Shah's domain... Um, certainly there are mages who are necromancers and who dabble in the black arts and you know that it can affect people physically whether it is a intentional spell i think you can tell that it is not it wasn't a spell that's like cast on this tower or anything okay there aren't kind of the identifiable signatures of spell work here that feels more to you like side effects what you've known maybe you've heard about or read about some of the shah's blackest of the black wizards under his uh, control, right? And it can be very powerful, but it twists and living things don't mix well with these kind of magics. And I think you know that those kind of wizards under your father's employ don't last long. Urzidi goes back in the tower. I think it's some kind of uh, blood ritual. A necromancy of some sort. I think uh, Razidi pulls out like a fine white handkerchief and looking regretful daubs at his face. <laughs> and what do you think it's doing? I don't know, slowly bleeding me to death. Leaving didn't help. I'm afraid that I'm stuck with it. Maybe you're right and we do need to kill that thing. Upstairs. It's worth a look. And I think looking pretty frustrated, Urizidi leads the way up the stairs. Sure. As you make your way up, uh, other than that little section where the wall has collapsed, it's smooth going. You're able to make your way up. Kim and you are following, I assume? I am. Excellent. The two of you are going to emerge on the top of this tower out on the, not the roof exactly. It's a platform right at the top of this. You can see a good ways. There's nothing up here. Just like an empty tower top. Correct. There is some worn footsteps in the stone along the edge, going all the way along on the perimeter, the outside perimeter of the place. But other than that, it is empty up here. I think we might need to look around the basement a little better. Didn't really go in the room with a stench. I don't know why I'm whispering anymore. (laughs) Kimmin rolls his eyes and grabs the lantern out of your hands and just begins walking downstairs in front of you. Careful with that. That was several silver. I knock it against the wall as I walk down the stairs. The servant who bought that would be very disappointed in you right now. And yeah, Urizidi's following. Yeah, that last look over the over the edge, I think, of the tower, right? As you turn back around, you're facing back and you can see the crawling skeleton that all of you um, had just been at the day before. Oh. You feel that lingering pain in your arm that deep lingering itch 
And as you go down to kind of scratch it, you know that unsatisfying, like when you have an itch that's deep in your body and you can't actually scratch it, there's a little tendril, a little gray, whitish projection crawling along your skin. And then you go downstairs. Kim, in, you're heading all the way down, is that correct? Back down to the basement? I am. Yeah, you make your way back down. As you go beneath the top floor again, you're hit with that musky odor. What's this room with the stench? The one with the really heavy musk stent is the what appears to be like jail cells. Are you entering that room? I'm waiting outside it for Urizidi to walk through first. <laughs> Urizidi, are you, you moving into that room then? Yeah. I think as he walks by Kimmon, he uh, Urizidi reaches out and widens the aperture on the, the lamp so that it's like, you know, uh, less of a focus beam and more of like a brighter wideness. As you enter, most of the cells are empty. There's nothing in them. But there's one that has a pile of gathered, we'll say, mosses, dead vegetation, some bits of cloth piled up. Behind it, there is a section of the wall that has been carved out. Like when you say there's been a section of the wall carved out, do you mean like there's dirt behind it or like a tunnel? Yes, a tunnel, an empty blackness. Is it like a tunnel for an adult person? You could, if you can get through this gate that's locked, you know, the the cell that's like shut, closed or whatever. And if if you were to get through there, yes, you could probably get into that tunnel, but it would not be comfortable. You'd have to, you know, crawl through it. It's not something you're going to walk through. Any ideas, Kimmon? Should open the gate, I suppose. But... How? Kimmon kind of rattling the bars a little bit. Is the gate locked, JD? It is. Or perhaps sealed shut is another way to put it, but yeah. Melio, you've been following along this river of tar, slowly churning, slowly roiling, the occasional bubble working its way up and bursting. You've been making your way for a while now, still with the sides of the canyon on either side of you unable to get up you're going to reach a point where another river joins this one that one flowing much more quickly not black but red are you going to choose to continue to follow this river or are you going to go up the other and follow along the other one which way was in the more general direction of which i said i was going (laughs) continuing to follow the river after the joining Following the flow rather than going up against it would be more in the direction. I am nothing if not a man of my word. I will follow the flow in the direction I said I would to meet up with my compatriots. All right. You continue making your way following the direction that the river flows alone in the vulture lands. Kimmon and Urizidi, what do the two of you do? Urizidi is bent over holding Talon with two hands to like keep himself up and just like blood pouring out of his nose and he spits pink froth out. Kimmon, any useful retainer should have at least some skill with picking locks. Have at it, please. Kimmon had already been eyeing the structure of the lock on the door, picking at his teeth with his dagger. Can I try to move these tumblers with the tip of my dagger? Yeah, Tumblers is maybe giving it the benefit of the doubt here. It's a little simpler than that, but you you definitely can work at it. Yeah, give me a Defy Danger plus Dex. 
That's a 10. Fuck yeah. Nice. Fantastic. Yeah, um, you are able to wiggle your knife around in there, and you hear the clasp on latch. More of an internal turning mechanism than it is really a lock. As you get it turned, though, you do see some scratch marks around this opening. But the door with a kind of shuddering, as it catches a little bit on its old hinges, you're able to slide it open. Good man. Shall we? Whatever is doing this to me might be through here. Kim nods and gestures toward the opening in the door as though after you. I think lantern held in one hand with a beam set to like really tight and Talon kind of couched under one arm like a more traditional spear. He goes because there's like a tunnel in the back of this cell. Correct. Urizidi moves towards the back of that cell. Yeah, as you shine your lantern down this dug tunnel, you catch a glimpse of a couple of black reflecting eyes and a massive rat's head that with a (coughs) vanishes around a corner in the tunnel. There's definitely something back there. A rat. Do you have some experience with such creatures, Kimmon? I assume you lowborns live in houses infested. Here I thought all the rats lived in the court. Oh, very good. Well, we don't have to be all day to be pithy. I was being serious. Kimmon rolls his eyes and sticks his dagger in his teeth. Fine. And uh, holds his hand out for the lantern. Oh, I wasn't saying that you should go first, but if you want to, Urzidi is not one to put his own life at risk when one of his retainers can go do it for him. So, of course, he hands you the, the lantern. Let's go. As he's, like, walking past me, I'm going to call on my magic and turn him invisible. Oh, sick. So, sword magic is a roll plus int. It is a six. Not only do I not really know that you're doing this, but I don't think I can help you anyway, so. Yeah. All on you. Kimmin, this passageway is tight for you. It's not really large enough to crawl through so much as you have to slide through it. Like a truncated army crawl, basically? Yeah, exactly. And Urazidi, as your companion takes the lantern down into the tunnel, you lose almost all of your vision. You can barely see shadows reflecting back. Kimmin, you're making your way deeper, and you can feel the weight of Earth above you now that you have left the boundaries of the tower. And as you're crawling along, you come to a little turn in this tunnel. As you turn and your light glows down, you see black eyes reflecting the light, shining in the darkness, and this massive rat's head. But you also see a worn cloak wrapped around its shoulders. And then there's a quick scrambling. And it vanishes around another corner. What do you do? Kimmin takes the knife out of his teeth and sets it in the ground in front of him. Zidi, it's not just a rat. What does that possibly mean? I saw a cloak. Perhaps it's one of my siblings. (laughs) That's funny. You hurry up. Do whatever you're going to do. It's dark out here. Kimmin, again... Rolls his eyes, sticks the dagger in his teeth, hangs the lantern off of it, which is how I think I was progressing before. And I'm going to keep after it. Yeah, I'm going to go toward the rat thing. You squeeze your way along further into the tunnel and reach that point where it had turned around a corner. And as you swing your eyes around with the lantern, there's a quick black flash. And you hear, And a rusted blade cuts towards your face. 
held by four pink clawed fingers. This rat face is directly in front of you. What do you do? To make sure I understood, it is attacking me currently, or is it holding the knife to keep me at a distance? It is swinging the knife, but it is not going to strike you. We'll put it that way. So yes, keeping you at a distance, it seems. Kimin slowly reaches forward and takes the handle of the knife out of his mouth, lowers the lantern onto the ground. Hold on, hold on. What are you doing down here? Can you understand me? (coughs) The creature scrambles back a little bit, but doesn't fully disappear. You realize it is much smaller than you are. It's able to move more nimbly in these tunnels and must have even turned around at some point. Its eyes are wide but difficult to read due to the fact that they aren't pupils with whites like ours are. They're just solid black. It says, no, no, go. I'll go in a second. But my friend is bleeding. Did you do that? It snarls a little bit, showing its yellowed teeth. Or maybe it's trying to smile? It's hard for you to tell. But it says, No. Do you know why he's bleeding? Not safe. Not safe. What does that mean? Hairless ones. Not safe. Not safe from what? Are we in danger? Were we a danger to you? I mean, you no harm. Whole place bad. Hairless ones die. Do you kill them? No, no. Do the spells... Do the spells kill them? Don't know. Just die. Do they die down here? Or do they die out there? Out, out. Go, now. I'm not going anywhere. What's keeping you safe down here? King. A a king? (laughs) You have a king. Yes, keep safe. Go. Take me to your king. He, like, pokes a little bit with his knife. Not hitting you again, right? He's not even close to you. I want to meet your king. No. Yes. No. And at that, he's going to rush at you and tries to stab you with this rusty blade. What do you do? Is this rat a human-sized rat? Or is it a rat-sized rat that can talk? (laughs) It is small, but human-sized, yes. You ever make a character and realize you made their stats wrong? I'm going to Naruto catch the knife. I don't know what that means. In an episode of Naruto, to draw somebody in, he had to close a gap, so he let somebody stab him in the hand so that he could pull them in to attack them. Ugh. I don't have any defensive options here. I don't have any armor. He can just stab me in the face. I may as well let him stab me in the hand so I can get a hold on him. That's really fucking cool, Nathan. Okay, so you're trying to do this to capture him, right? Or you're trying to draw him into you, is that correct? Or at the very least, gain wrist control. I'm not attacking him yet. I am, I guess, trying to subdue him, as Kimmon's go-to move is drag somebody to the ground. My plan is, if I can subdue him, to drag him out. If I can't subdue him, I will stab them. I'm not above that. Cool. Give me a Defy Danger plus Con, I think. It's a four. This rusted dagger cuts into your hand as you hold it up to block it. But because it's rusty, it doesn't cut cleanly or smoothly. And it catches a little bit on your hand and then is driven out, cutting off your two bottom fingers, which fall to the dirt in this tunnel. Did you have any, like, rings or anything? Any of this soul gems on your fingers? Yeah, I, I like that. That's fun. Cool. There's some, like, rings of soul glass that clatter to the ground or, like, charms that I had hanging from my, my lower part of my hand. There is a moment of hesitation, then, in this rattling creature. Its eyes, you see the light, the way that it glints. It looks down 
at these pieces of soul glass on the ground that are gleaming pink in the lantern light. You have a moment here. You did just lose two fingers. What do you do? Trying to decide if I want to try to stab him or, or grab him. As my plan was to try to draw him in and stab him if I needed to, that was my offhand that was stabbed. And I see this moment of hesitation and realize that I don't have a lot of time to be fucking around. You know, I could bleed out in this fucking tunnel. So I'm going to take that opportunity and stab him in the throat. Sounds like a hack and slash, my dude. Nope, that's a five. This rat creature moves surprisingly quickly and ducks underneath your blade. You see its paw hand reach out and grab these pieces of soul glass, and then it scampers away from you much more quickly you know than you would be able to keep up with him. You hear it echoing down, Yes! Yes! Damn it! <coughs> Kimmon puts his hand under his armpit, and I'm going to put the lantern and dagger in my teeth, and I'm going to crawl backward out of this fucking hole. I think you come back out of the tunnel. And Urzidi has cut off two strips from his tabard and has them rolled up and stuck in his nose, but they are like rapidly just turning red. That took you long enough. Kimmon shoots you a glance that could, at least he really wishes, could kill, and rolls the rest of the way out of the tunnel and pulls his hand out from under his armpit and quickly starts wrapping it with the piece of my clothing that I had used for a face covering earlier and tamping some poultices and herbs into it. The rats have knives, I guess. The similarities to my siblings ever increase. Did you find anything out? It said the hairless die here, and also it has a king in there. Does the tunnel widen at all, or will we have to crawl the whole way if we continue that way? Kimmon smiles and holds out the lantern. Only one way to find out. Uruzidi, what would be a piece of obvious wealth that would have decorated your cape, maybe, or just been on your clothing, in your hair, even a necklace or something like that? I think that he had like a a talisman hanging from his belt that was like a, a stylized, carved amber eagle's talon that like hung from his belt, capped in gold, and had like a golden chain. I love it. It's gone, along with one adventuring gear. Assuming you still had adventuring gear, which I think you did. Yeah, no, I still have quite a bit. Okay. What do you do when you notice it is missing from your belt, this talon that you've carried with you? Well, uh, fuck. Where'd it go? And Erosidia uh, starts looking around for uh, if he dropped it somewhere. And I think it's the first time Kimmon has actually seen him agitated. Have you seen... It was this Amber Eagle's talon. It was hanging from my belt, and it's gone. Was it shiny? Of course it was. Then it's probably down there. Gesturing toward the tunnel. It took my rings. Holding up my hand. Did you grab your fingers? (laughs) I just realized. Or did you just leave them? Nah, I grabbed them. I've probably had a limb reattached once. I don't know. It doesn't seem outside the realm of possibility. Rosidi gives the tunnel a long harrowing look i'm not a fan of tight places if i scream you are forbidden from telling anyone of it (laughs) you got a deal yeah urzidi lantern clutched in one hand pulling talon along with him in his other hand enters the tunnel melio 
You've been making your way along, following this bubbling, slowly moving river of tar, past the point where it looks like another river, this one of more quickly moving reddish liquid, has mixed in with it, all heading downstream. The ravine still reaches up high above you, but it has lowered somewhat compared to where it was previously. The slightly brighter position of the sun up in the green haze above you shows that it must now be the afternoon. It's beginning to creep towards that ravine edge, and you know that soon it will darken in here, much sooner than when things will darken up above. What have you been doing to keep yourself entertained or distracted on your travels? It hasn't been a particularly interesting walk. I have been making small inkling characters in my hands, probably attempting to recite the story of my travels, because it is important for me to have something coherent when I return to Frothgar in the north. And then the fool jeopardized our whole production by being a loudmouth and you see a small inked image of what looks like vaguely Urizidi, and you see the act of yelling and shouting. Stepping over a small mound of bones that have washed up on the side here of this river, you see up ahead what looks like a broken wagon. What do you do? Does it look like there's any sense of life around the broken wagon? No. You don't see any movement or anything. I think we get that scene of someone when they encounter something that they're overly cautious about. "Ah." Is there like a a stone on the ground near the bank? Yeah, sure. I'm just going to pick up a stone and huck it at the broken down wagon. It collides into it and snaps off a piece of rotted wood. Mm, Pretty old then. All right. I'm a little bit almost suspicious right now, right? Because I saw death and was rebuked, so I think everything has some kind of mystical meaning to it. (laughs) I'm going to slowly approach and check out this wagon, see if it has anything inside of it worth anything. Yeah, absolutely. As you approach it, you see that there are only a few strands hanging off of the frame that would have covered it at one point. There is like a hitch that looks like it would have not been carried by animals but hauled by people but you don't see anybody around or any bodies for that matter resting half buried in the black sands along the side of this tar river sticking up at a strange angle is a massive golden head head or skull head interesting it's carved okay it is made of gold how massive are we talking larger than you well That's not very lootable. You do know that this would be worth a fortune. Uh, Come on. At least want something for me. I'm going to walk over to this statue. It's huge, right? Like, I'll kick it. It's not going to, like, fly into the air. Your your foot hurts. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to take out my bearded axe. What do you think? I can cut off the the schnoz? Can I get the nose? The schnoz is a little bit in the mud. It's like upside down. Oh, it is? The head's upside down? A little bit, yeah, yeah. And like I said, it's half buried. So you can kind of on your end, right, you can make out what is definitely hair. 
and then a neck which what appears to have like a golden necklace around it there are facets in it since you're getting this close yeah where there definitely used to be gems damn uh, maybe i can just get a hold of a little chunk yeah i'm gonna take out my axe and try and hawk off a piece for myself of this sure I probably wouldn't allow this except for the fact that you're using what I assume is a dwarven bearded axe. I am. Which means you're using an iron blade, not a bronze blade. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to take you a little while. Gold is definitely malleable and this is solid gold. You'll be able to get through it, but it's not easy work necessarily. It's still going to take time to get anything sizable off of it. Yeah, that's fine. I'll take time and hack away at this thing. I think there's a little frustration mingled with, I need to get mine. At the end of the day, I'm an entertainer. I work for coin and patronage. And so far, this whole journey has gone kind of sideways as far as finding out Frothgar's origin story. You got to have your uh, your oh shit bag ready, right? Exactly, yeah. I got to have a little gold for me in case my plan, which might be bullshitting Frothgar about something, and then he smells it, and I have to get out of Dodge. Yeah, after working at it for a little while, you hack off a chunk of this head's neck chin area. Go ahead and write down football-sized chunk of gold. Jesus Christ. So you get this piece of gold broken off. It's very heavy. Yeah, I love a good dense gold bar. I will say it's taken long enough that the shadows in this ravine are now covering everything. I think that was probably worth the time wasted, but I better get going. I'm going to hop two, doubling up my pace to try and reach what I assume is the destination of my companions. As you continue to wander your way through the vulture lands following this tar river, the walls of the ravine begin to quickly lower around you. It gets to a point where you can see up above you is some kind of old dead forest. These white, almost bone-colored trees, no leaves on them. Many of them broken apart or having fallen. Some of them have fallen into the ravine and rest on the sides. You see that this is on both sides of you. The river does continue in front of you, but it's a short enough jaunt now up that you feel you could probably make the climb. What do you do? I wasted time getting that gold. I'll jump to the conclusion that I should try and save some time and get back up on the plain field. I'll, I'll try and climb back up towards this bone tree forest. Yeah. Give me a Defy Danger plus Constitution. That's going to be a nine. If you want to use like an adventuring gear here or something, I will let you take that as a 10 if you want to use climbing gear. Yeah, no, I have no, I have no adventuring gear, I'm afraid. Melio, as you begin climbing up the side, you begin to smell like a campfire kind of smell. And the air, as you breathe it in, your chest heaving with the effort, right, of climbing up the side of this ravine. It's like thick and harsh, like breathing in smoke. And then you hear a thump, 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 echoing above you. As you reach up over the ledge, your arm brushes some gray ash down onto your face from the surface catches in your eyes a little bit but as you haul yourself over the edge you find yourself in this old dead forest ash covers the ground around you some of it still hangs in the air as if on a slight breeze these trees are large and dense and dead 
There are many of them that have fallen, old huge logs in your way. To your right, you could go deeper into the forest. To your left, though, you see a few skeletons chopping at one of the trees with an axe. Thump. 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 You could head past them, which would take you back up the river, or you could go deeper into this forest. What do you do? Heading past them would take me back to my comrades, right? It's in that direction, yes. I'm a man of a singular mind, and it is to return to my crew. But I'll gladly try and sneak past these skeletons. How are you trying to sneak past them, exactly? They're making loud thunk, thunk, thunking. Does it seem like anything's controlling them? Is there like an overseer skeleton? You could discern realities, perhaps. Yeah, great. Mm, that's snake eyes. That's that. I'm going to roll snake eyes. <laughs> you begin making your way towards these skeletons, trying to figure out maybe whatever is controlling them or perhaps an easy way past. But as you come around one of the trees, you bump into an old body that had been hanged on it. And I think involuntarily you let out a... Ugh! And the chopping stops. And two of these skeletons look over your way, heft their axes, and begin moving into the forest. What do you do? How many of these skeletons are there? Two. Oh, that's not too bad. For now, there are more out there chopping, but two are coming towards you. Is there any detritus around my feet? Oh, plenty. I'd like to pick up a piece swiftly and chuck it at a nearby unfelled tree to try and distract them. Absolutely. Tale as old as time. Throw something in the opposite direction to make noise. Give me a defy danger plus intelligence. Oh, no. (laughs) Hey, it's an eight. The one to your right, I think, stops as this stick clatters against a tree, turns its empty eye sockets towards it, and then begins walking off. But this other one is still coming straight towards you. What do you do? Well, one-on-one sounds uh, a lot more, you know, reasonable to me. You said he's got an axe, and it's mostly used for cutting down trees, so it's a a two-hander. Yeah, it's a big two-hander. Obviously, all axes can be war axes, but it's not like your bearded axe, which is designed for combat. Yeah. You said I ran into this body. I'm going to grab it around the knees and pull it back. And as this skeleton comes at me, I want to try and push this body in front, and then I'm just going to come underneath it. Basically try and just hack its spine in half. I'm just going to try and cut through the middle of this thing. Fuck yeah. Yeah, using the body as, like, coverall. Yeah, give me a Defy Danger plus intelligence. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Oh, oh. I rolled a seven, so it's a six. Oh, no. You got to grab the legs of this body... And it just sloughs off, disconnects, and you go sprawling backwards into the ash as the legs come falling off. The skeleton then moves quickly, ducks to the side of this now swinging, slightly half-body that's still hanging from the tree, comes forward and brings its axe down on you. You're going to take a d6 of damage. Two. Armor applies. Damn it! Probably just slices me good, like in the shoulder region. My armor absorbs, obviously, one of it, so I take one damage, but it's probably a pretty blunted axe because it just hacks it. I believe you said strong, old, dead trees all day. They're basically cutting down redwoods. This is also a, an old axe, clearly. Yeah, so that's probably more or less why the damage isn't too strong. I have some armor, and it's not exceptionally sharp. 
it hurts more than anything. Yeah, it probably bruises me real hard, yeah. But you are still on the ground and this thing is over you, which gives it somewhat of an advantage. What do you do? If it's over top of me, I want to lace my feet between its leg and basically just try and twist and take it down. A drop toe hold. Yeah, a drop toe hold. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm going for. Do we think a Defight Ninja plus strength on this one? Or I could buy Dex as well. I would like to purchase Dex, please. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, cool. I'll allow it. A 14. You will definitely succeed in knocking this thing down to the ground. It is now on your level. Then I would like to take my axe in my hand, heft it up to where I'm holding right below the head snug in close quarters combat. And I would like to try and widen its eye socket by punching <laughs> the axe into it. Just give me a defied engine plus strength here. I don't think I need a, a hack and slash. Cool. That'll be a nine. You smash the head of this skeleton in. But I think in the thrashing, you guys kind of create a big cloud of ash, and you breathe in like a big <gasps> gulp of it. I think go ahead and mark sick. Yeah. You're going to have a cough for a little while. But also importantly, all you can taste is ash for a while. Mm. You smash this skull apart, and as it falls apart, the skeleton is still moving, but it doesn't seem to know where you are. Yeah. I'm going to get up as quickly as I can, cough as quietly as I can into the crook of my elbow. Try and clear out my lungs. Look around, hopefully seeing no skeletons approaching in all of our commotion. And start to silently move forward, quietly as I can, on the the footsteps of this ash that seems to be everywhere. Now that I've inhaled it, I think I'm more aware of just how covered this whole place is. Give me a Defy Danger plus Dex to sneak your way out of this forest. Eleven. Emilio, you make your way through past this skeletal work crew to a point where this forest is being essentially clear-cut. There are stumps, and that's it. Every so often, you see a large pile of chopped-up wood into big logs just piled up in many different places. But you make your way eventually to a point where you see some broken columns that you realize mark the sides of the road that kind of follows alongside the ravine. Are you going to follow this road? Are you going to take some time to try and look around, maybe? What are you doing? Is there any sort of carvings in these columns? Or do they just seem like stones that were almost haphazardly placed and just carved? Or They are carved, yes. When I go up to them, do they seem to be carved in a language I can recognize? I don't remember if... We would have talked about this already. It, it reminds you somewhat of the Dwarven rune language, but it's not that. It just mm. reminds you of it. I don't know if we've discussed it out of character or in character or whatever. This is, it's Cyclopean. I believe we actually talked about it being a root language. So there are recognizable things, right? In the same way that there are certain words in Latin that you could piece together. Mm. So yeah, I'll say if you spend some time, you could potentially get some information from it. But it certainly isn't going to be detailed. I would be interested in any case if there was an opportunity to utilize my bardic lore, because it is something that I picked. And I have the area of expertise of Legends of Heroes Past, if you've got anything cooked in the bank. It won't be that. Oh, well, maybe. Okay, I can work with it. That lets you give us a spot lore for free, or... I can ask the GM any one question about it. The GM will answer truthfully. 
The GM may ask you what tale, song, or legend you heard the information in. Okay. Can we get a, like a couple snippets of language that I parsed together? Maybe I see a, a name or what are you thinking? Yeah, most of the information that you would be able to glean is a lot drier than that. Mm, mm. You maybe recognize some things as numbers. You can tell that these are distances or markers of some kind, right? But I do think on each is the same name. And it is... I don't know if you recognize the name necessarily, but it would be the name of a ruler. Cool. Was this ruler a tyrant or one beloved by the people? That's easy. There are no legends of Cyclopean rulers that were not tyrants. Hmm. What's the name? This is marked with the name of the old Cyclopean king, Kulkir Ermud. Cool. <sighs> No mention of descendants. <clears throat> no mention of dwarves anywhere. Just, just mark the miles traveled by this old dead king. <sighs> Melio, the old fool. We might be on a wild goose chase. I put my hand on this... Uh, crumbling vestige and then i walk away and start walking towards my compatriots because i think you know where you're headed at this point even in the haze after you travel along this road for a little ways you'll be able to see that tower again i'm gonna have you roll two of the vulture lands and then we're gonna cut back to the boys sweet uh you're gonna be rolling this one plus intelligence i think because you have these columns that kind of mark your way and you already said you kind of know how to read them so It's a six. Milo, you're making your way back towards the tower, and it's easy enough to follow this road. But as you're traveling, after a little while, especially as the sun, that slightly brighter glow in the haze, as it begins to go down over the horizon, you catch the glimpse of something dark moving in the shadows, clearly following you, but trying to stay out of sight. Kimmon and Urizidi, the two of you have started to make your way through these tunnels crawling your way through them who's leading the way i think urizidi is yeah because i handed you the lantern just getting shit all over my nice white tabard urizidi it doesn't take very long for you to feel that claustrophobic gnawing at the back of your mind are these tunnels getting tighter am i having to squeeze through them is it is it getting harder to move can i still breathe here what do you do to try and collect yourself oh no i i want to i want to do this i want to do this because i have a chance to hit your flag Oh yeah, if you have a flag to do here, let's let's do it. Which flag? <laughs> Show me a blind spot in my royal upbringing. Yeah. Hey, hey, CD, you're breathing. It's staggered. You're claustrophobic. No shit. These tunnels could collapse at any minute. I think they're collapsing now. They're not collapsing. You don't know. Look around. These have been here for decades. Hundreds, maybe. Thousands of years. Yes, they're old, I know. Mouldering. The mortar and the joints failing. They're going to collapse on me. They're not. Your heart rate's spiking. It's okay. It helps take two steps, I guess. Crawls. Pull yourself forward twice. Then take a breath. And do it again. Give you something to concentrate on. Trust me, I've been in tight spots like this before. Yeah, Urizidi does that. He, like, crawls forward a couple of crawls. Takes a deep breath. 
crawls forward a couple of crawls. It's working. Did you use some of your magic on me? <laughs> no, I just gave you some advice. Perhaps when you join me in the palace, you can become my official advice giver, and then I won't have to remove your head for talking to me as you have. (sighs) Vizier, keep going. Yeah, Rosie keeps crawling forward through the tunnels. Did that work for you? Yeah, I'll give you that. I, I like that. Rizzity, give me a defy danger plus. You're taking like calming breaths. Maybe wisdom? How do you guys feel about that? I mean, that seems that seems reasonable to me. Yeah. My worst stat too, which seems fitting for this situation. Perfect. Let's do it then. <laughs> That's a seven. As the two of you make your way through the tunnels, you reach a point where it begins to descend pretty quickly, suddenly slanting downwards where previously it had been pretty level. Definitely not perfectly level by any means, but mostly on the same plane. But it begins slanting downwards, and I think Uruzidi, as you move forward and are kind of using your hands to brace yourself from sliding, a piece of this rock crumbles, and you begin sliding quickly down this tunnel. Kimin, I think you maybe have the chance to... Oh, yeah, I want to try to grab his foot. Yeah. Give me a defy danger plus dex to act quickly and grab him before he slides too far away from you. It's a nine. Can I aid? Oh, yeah, sure. I'm going to try to jam Talon, the butt end of it, into a stone or something. Sure. Go for it. Roll that aid. It's an eight. I'm going to collapse these then into a series of choices. So first, Uruzidi... You can use this to slow yourself enough to catch, but if you do that, your glaive is going to slide ahead of you. So you get it stuck in there, but it twists out of your hand as you catch yourself with your other hand, and it'll go sliding down the tunnel ahead of you. Or you can keep the glaive with you, but then that means you're not able to brace yourself. I'm going to keep my glaive with me. All right. Had a feeling, but I thought it would be curious to see That's if you a, would... It was a tough choice, but I ultimately think... I'm super fucked if I don't have that. Like, I deal minus 1d6 damage with any other weapon. Oh, right, sure. Yeah. The scene of you trying to scramble to get it back instead of fighting, but I like the scene of it, like, starting to slide away from you and you let go You let go and go and grab it. That I lose it permanently? No, no, no. I would never... I'm not going to take your spell weapon away permanently. Okay. I, then I like the... It's, like, slides out ahead of me more than I like keeping a hold of it. In that case, right, your aid is totally successful and came in, you are able to grab a hold of him with his help. So the two of you are still up in this tunnel, but it is slanting rather quickly downward and continuously increasing in angle. What do the two of you do? Do you have anything that we can use to lower ourselves down? Yeah, you have. A, you do. What do you have? I have rope bolts. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Urzidi like moves around so that he gets back to where I think he took Ish's quiver, and I'm gonna pull one of the rope bolts out and drive it into the stone walls, and follow the rope and use the rope to like guide us down. Sure, I think with that, I'm not really gonna need a roll for either one of you guys to to make your way down. I think you are gonna use up that ammo unless you figure out a way to retrieve this, right? I figured I would just use it, right? 
Rosidi like, is intelligent, but I don't think he's smart enough to figure out how to like. Yeah, that's my point. You're not gonna have like a quick release on it, right, or anything like that. I mean, we might we might come back this way. But if you do come back this way, you could grab it. That was my point. The two of you begin making your way down. Uh, it does hit a point where it's almost completely vertical, and it flattens off a little bit. And then it, the two of you reach a point where your lantern is shining through a spot in the tunnel where it doesn't hit stone in front of you. It's open darkness. The beam shines through, but you can't really see anything beyond it at that point. What do you do? When the tunnel flattens out, the first thing Urizidi is looking for is Talon. Is it down here? One you of those little fucking rats. Take it. <laughs> you definitely haven't seen it. Okay. Oh, have the tunnels opened up? Are they bigger now? Or, like, is there more space? Maybe a little bit. You're still crawling, though, for sure. There's enough room here that maybe you guys could turn around if you so chose. I guess there's nothing for it but to keep moving. What's up there? Kim in trying to maneuver past you can see over your shoulder. Yeah, I'll uh, shine the lantern for uh, Kim in down into the passageway. <clears throat> yeah, if you're moving up a little ways, you can shine that lantern like through this kind of opening space. This tunnel continues down into uh, a sort of ramp after this opens up. And down beneath you, from where you're at right now, your lantern light reflects numerous beady black eyes in the darkness. And there's a wave of chittering and chattering. You hear some scrambling around. Something falls over. You hear a a sliding of metal pieces of something. There are a few tattered old leather skins kind of hung up around. And you see the movement of scurrying hair and flesh. Oh, shit. number one that's that whole game is just chucking stuff to make noise and then every stealth game has just aped that for the rest of time yep yep you ever played thief one i have yeah i'm pretty good at it yeah Yeah. this is why i just play dishonored and murder everyone i don't have time for this stealth game bullshit i'm a wizard i'm going to just kill everyone oh you get the bad ending fuck you (laughs) i got the ending i deserved Hey, sometimes I'll use the crossbow with the sleep darts, but most of the time it's just knifing. Only when I run out of killing darts. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I'll use these useless things. Uh, I guess I'll put them to sleep. Then I'll stab them. (laughs) Here I go stabbing again. Uh, I prepped nothing and I should have prepped less. (laughs) (laughs) I'll put that on your fucking gravestone. (laughs) That's actually a good one.